How would you like to learn how to make $30,000 on the side every single year? That's what we're going to talk about today in the Company of One podcast. This is Dale Kelly and your host. This is Company of One episode number 169. So today we're going to be talking about that what we call the $30,000 challenge. Let's as we teach people in our graduate program, if you're trying to, if you come and you're spending money for education or you're spending money for a product to learn how to grow your business, what you want is you want that product or that business to uh, give it a return on investment. And what we particularly like to use is the $30,000 number. I won't bore you while we use that number. Well, I will bore you. We will bore you a little bit while we use that number. Uh, Whenever we used to talk about large numbers, people that have successfully done businesses and then been wildly successful, a lot of us find that intimidating. So a lot of the clients I work with, they just their eyes glass over when you um, when you talk about large financial numbers. So when we talk about thirty thousand dollars, just to put this in perspective, what does thirty thousand dollars look like? That's about twenty five hundred dollars per month. That's a lot of money on one hand, and uh, and it's but it's not life changing. Probably most people are not going to go out and quit their job because they got thirty thousand dollars coming in. Uh, but it's a it's enough money to shift your mindset. It's just enough to get you over that hurdle, uh, and that's what we why we talk about the thirty thousand dollar challenge. It because the challenge of making money on the side that I have that you have, that everybody else has, is nothing but mindset. Uh, You get caught up and you become your own worst enemy. So today that's what we're going to be going over is the nine steps that we take people through to start up their company. These are the same steps that people have made multi-million dollar companies with and they're the same steps that people are making, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 dollars a year uh, with uh, until they get grow bigger. Uh, so, the nothing magical because the the the, the deal is once you hit thirty thousand, you just keep doing more of the same thing. So before we jump in though, let's just talk. I'll give a shout out, and I've been asking for people to give me podcast reviews, and thank you for those who have. And the shout out to Kusa Cam. I hope I'm saying that right. So it's Kusa Cam. We'll put a we'll put this note in the show notes. By the way, the show notes are delcallahan.com slash 169. So Kusa Cam says important life lessons made simple. Dell is great. He's a practical he has a practical way of delivering his guidance in a simple to digest manner. His points are so relevant to the mundane business world that we live in today. I love that. Uh, if you want to escape the routine and grow, listen to Dale. Thank you so much, Kusa Cam, whoever you are. And that's uh, uh, a very interesting name. So, again, iTunes names are kind of funny uh, that you see what people make up up there. And you never really know who you're talking to. So, so thank you so much, Kusa Cam. Thank you for everyone who has left a review. Uh, it's awesome to see what people say and to uh, get feedback. All I'm always looking for feedback. I'm always looking for ideas. Uh, so you can shoot me emails. Uh, you can hit me at Dale at DaleCallahan.com, Facebook channel, and all those wonderful places. Always looking for things to talk to. Because when we do these podcasts, 
when we do Facebook, whatever we do, we're just trying to serve you. Uh, this is all about helping you uh, move the needle, right, in whatever way that matters to you. So today, I'm going to be talking about that $30,000 challenge, or, or, or as we say, here's how to make $30,000 extra on the side in nine steps. Now, um, and what we mean by 30,000 is over and over. So as, we, as we're sitting here at this point in time struggling with coronavirus uh, and uh, people are left home, some people are, are out of work temporarily, some people are not out of work, some people are busy as crazy, but some people are, um, while they're, at, where they're working, they're working from home and they find they don't have as much work to do. So they still have their job. Uh, either way, there's a whole lot of things going on here that's probably some of this is going to stay the same. And I don't mean the negative side of it, but I mean because of the shift that we can now see what we're doing in the economy, there's a whole lot of things that people are exploring uh, that they're realizing, hey, we could work with this model. Big companies who have never, ever thought about working from home are now realizing this works and our employee base works and I was talking to some of them this morning and they said you know we're just doing task as long as Johnny and Susie get their tasks done we're done and some of these employees are getting things done in an incredible amount of time which one guy said I've done everything for the entire week by Tuesday and so it's a different mind shift of how he works but from the company's perspective they paid you know two thousand three thousand dollars for computer equipment to get it into their house but the real estate savings and that's what they're thinking about is uh, what's that going to look like in the future but when we do all this it's going to create incredible amounts of of alternatives uh, in how people think and and how much time you'll have so one of those things is creating extra income. Now, when I talk about $30,000, I don't care where it comes from. Well, as long as it's legal. I don't care where it comes from. I care whether, uh, because income is income. If your boss gives you a $30,000 pay raise, awesome. We help people do that. But I'm mostly talking today about what we call side hustles or side gigs. So let's walk through those nine steps. So number one, what you want to do is identify what you love to do. Now I talk about this a lot, but it's oftentimes a struggle for people to get there. We have so many hangups about it, but identifying what you love to do, it's so important because if you do things you love to do, you are already good at it. You're, you are going to naturally become a master at it. Right, because you you love it, you investigate it, you you read up on it, uh, your heart's there. So identifying what you love to do, what where your attention is, is a critical factor. However, uh, it also is a blind spot because we sometimes figure out the things that we love to do. Everybody else knows how to do them, uh, so that's a blind spot. It's a struggle. So when I talk about these nine steps. These nine steps are not necessarily easy. I'll wrap that up here in the, uh, at the end of that. They're, they're nine steps. They're simple steps, but they're not easy to accomplish uh, because mostly 
because what's in our own head. So number one is you want to identify what you love to do. Number two, you want to uncover fun ways to make money doing what you love. Yeah, uncover fun ways of making uh, money doing what you want, what you love. So when you find something you love to do, like maybe I like to work out in the yard, I like to work with plants, and maybe that's something I, you know, every time I go to the store, I mean, one of the tricks I always use with people to figure out what you love to do is when you walk into a mall, what store are you heading to? When you go to Amazon, what are you shopping for? When you go into a store, what what's a particular, like a large store, like a Walmart, where do you go to? Where do you migrate to or to a Lowe's? When my wife walks into Lowe's, straight to the flower section. There's just no question where she's probably going to be. But if you if you love doing that and you love working with flowers and plants, now you got to find fun ways to uncover how to make money doing what you love. The first question we always ask, what do you love to do, has nothing to do with money. The second question, how do you uncover fun ways making money doing what you do, is where you try to say, this is what I love and this is how I can make money doing it. Uh, so those two go together and they go with the third question. These three top questions are what we would call finding your calling. The third part of that is discover who is doing it now. Or as I always like to say, who's living your dream? So if you find out that what you love to do uh, it, and you find interesting ways to make money doing it, then you discover who is already doing that because somebody already is. Right, so no matter what that is, you can find somebody to do it. I cannot tell you the number of businesses that have been found doing this, but just take something simple, you know, like a lawn care business. You know, you love to do it. You love to be out mowing grass. You love to make yards look better. Uh, you kind of love to be in and out. I love to get out there, make the yard look better, clean things up, and get out and, and uh, be done with it. Kind of put a you know, there's that satisfaction of seeing the job behind you. Uh, who's doing that now? Well, obviously, we can find a lot of lawn care companies, you know, finding out who's doing it now. And the reason you want to do that is because, number four, you want to go learn from experience. Now, these four steps, those first four steps are so simplistic, and yet almost everybody I work with I have to work with them to get them to walk through these steps. So if you just take them at face value, because that's exactly what they are, they are at face value. Uh, identifying what you love, uncovering, find ways to make money doing what you love, find out who's doing it now, and then going and talking to them and learning. Because they've already walked down that path you want to walk down. So go learn from them. Go learn how to do this kind of stuff. Uh, it's those four steps, simple, can be done really quickly, and probably you already are doing some of them, uh, but uh, in my experience, we overthink it. So let me just, for right there, let me stop right there, because I'm working with a group, and I'll be working with a group here later tonight uh, that's doing entrepreneurial ideas. There's about 20 of them. And they are so overthinking these four steps. I mean, they're, they're building tools, they're inventing things, they're trying to figure out how to get prototypes made for products. And they've, they've way overleaped and way overthought and way overcomplicated 
this these uh, simple steps. And so you're trying to pull them back down to earth. There's nothing wrong with what they're coming up with, but it's like you you are making this complex. And I and I was telling them the other night, you know, they uh, it's like Bubba. We all know Bubba, right? Bubba, who has a solid sixth grade education and is killing it financially because he just figures out somebody wants this product and service. I can do it. I go do it and make money. And uh, doesn't overthink it. And it's almost the more educated you are, right? The more educated we are, the more we overcomplicate things and, and uh, we, we have to... We, we can't do the simple. It's almost like it's impossible. So we really have to pull back the resistance to do that. So these first four steps uh, are uh, simple, not easy. The fifth step is where you start getting into this focusing on the business. Who do you want to serve? Defining that audience. I've seen a lot of business people that have started out and they end up serving a customer that they cannot stand. You know, not a particular customer, but they end up working with a group of people they don't like working with. So I know a friend of mine that was wanted to do uh, some training and went into training what he thought would be fun was high school students and told me, High school students are tough to train because they're all arrogant. They think they know everything. And he realized he didn't really love working with that group of people. Not that he hates those people, but it's just not his niche. So finding your niche, finding out who do you want to serve is is really important because this is your business. There's this old adage that you used to see a lot of corporations use, and you probably still do, that says the customer is always right. That's a lie. That is not correct. You own the business. This is your business. This is your way to make money. If you don't like somebody or you don't want to serve them or you don't want to serve in a particular neighborhood, say you cut lawns or you do pressure washing and you don't want to go to certain sides of town because maybe it's a rough side of town. Maybe it's too far to drive. That's your call. You can do that. Dentists do it. Lawyers do it. Every business makes a decision of who they want to serve and who they don't want to serve. And uh, sometimes they're blatant about it. Sometimes they just keep that to themselves and they build their business around that. Chick-fil-A has a very defined customer of who they're trying to serve. So it helps you to get crystal clear about the people or the company, companies, if you're trying to sell to businesses. Who do you want to serve? And it, because as a small business, you want to get, we call it niches. Pat Flynn uh, says the riches are in the niches. He likes to get really tight down to a niche. Uh, you know, and I saw one um, not too long ago that this company was offering service. And I forget what they were doing, but they were, their niche was black men living in the city of New York who were divorced making uh, <clears throat> excuse me making over $250,000 a year the ages of 45 to 55 i mean really really tight niche but it was working for them uh, and so but that's who they wanted to serve that's a group of people they felt like they could serve and serve them awesome so 
once we define that, then the next thing we want to know, because we've got a couple of things figured out at this point. I know what I want to do. I know how I want to make money. I've learned from experience. I know who I want to serve. <clears throat> Sometimes that who may be a zip code, right? So thinking about the lawn care. Now, I got to figure out what those group of people want. Now, this is another tricky subject with, with customers uh, because we, as the business owner, we dream up products and services all the time. And this is the easiest and the funnest thing to do and also the stupidest thing we do. We dream up products and services constantly uh, that nobody wants to buy. All of the time this happens. I am con being in a school of engineering, I am constantly getting bombarded with people who come to me or come to us. They've got this ingenious idea for products and services uh, that sometimes need engineering work, oftentimes very technical. And since we have a biomedical group, uh, they, they hinge the group between the medicine world and the biology and uh, the engineering world. Nobody wants them. They, they have these complicated products that they either, the doctors don't care for them. I see that all the time. The doctors just don't care for those products and services because there's no value in it to them uh, or that they're just dreaming. So I'll give you a case in point. We had a company come to us that said um, they had a tool and it was like a paging device so that when you go to the doctor, you would they would you would give them um, kind of like a restaurant you know the restaurant gives you the little pager and we'll buzz you when your table's coming. Well, they had built that into some text messaging thing because the doctors already have a lot of this software. They had built this into that, so the doctor would pay would text you when your appointment to be called back was five minutes out. From a patient's point of view, that's huge, especially if you go to the doctor and you're waiting an hour and two hours. And they were trying to sell this product to doctors. Well, guess what? The doctor could care, not only could the doctor care less, the doctor had no desire for that product. The last thing the doctor wants is to wait on you, right? That's a terrible business model, and I'm not picking on doctors. I'm just, from their business model, that's a terrible thing to do. They don't want that. And so here was this company had built this great service and they prototyped it and was running around trying to sell this to doctors. The doctors didn't care, didn't want it. So when you figure out who you want to serve and, and the trick to who you want to serve is who's going to pay you, right? Who's going to be the people that pay you is when you've got to figure out what is it that they want. And the word that I'm hearing kicked around all the time now that I, I really like is transformation what people these days we don't buy products or services near as much as we buy a transformation you know when we go to the gym we don't want the gym equipment we don't want the coach we don't want that we want to transform our bodies or how we feel or our energy or how we look when we hire a lawn care company, we're probably either trying to transform how our yard looks or we're trying to transform how sweaty we don't look because we're not doing the yard. So you, and when that, you, that word is the sense of, what benefit are you giving these people? 
So define what your customers want. Want is the key word, though. Not what they need. So if you're standing in front of a person that's 300 pounds overweight, they may need to lose weight, but that may not be what they want. What they want might be a bigger pack of Oreos, right? So you can't sell them weight loss when they want a bigger pack of Oreos. So that's where you have to get, and this is where we get caught up in our own mind because we look at people, we look at, uh, we look at the customers we're serving, and we think we know what they want, we think we know what they need, but we're not smart enough to be like Bubba and just ask them. You know, we overthink it because and I, there's just so often that I'm finding products are designed without thought of who you're serving. Because the nice thing about customers is they will tell you, sometimes it takes some work, but they will tell you what they want. So number seven is once you know what they want, you develop a product or service that fits their needs. If they told you what you want, should be relatively simple. Um, well, relatively. Uh, set number eight is set a value-based price so the product or service sells itself. Now, here's what I mean by that. Most of us, when we build products and services, we start pricing it low, right? Because we want to make money and we want to get in the market and we feel like we're Walmart and we need to be the low price leader. Right? Um, but that's really not a good model, especially for a small company. Um, this is where your niche matters. So set a value-based price. In other words, instead of saying, I'm charging $20 per hour, you're charging based upon the value that you bring to them. So I've seen, let's say physical fitness coaches that sell their product. So I've got one right now I bought for $49. It's a weightlifting coach kind of as videos, $49. But at the same time, I could buy something from somebody who charges me $200 a month and works with me more personally to do that, which is probably the better deal. Not because it's more money, but because it's more tailored to me and it brings the value. So for in the case of business, for instance, well, I help a lot of what I'm doing is I'm helping people find jobs, grow businesses, right? So if I charge somebody $50 an hour, we'll pick a random number. Um, that doesn't really mean anything because we're trying, if we're current trying to transform, let me just give you the case in point, $30,000. If I can help you generate another $30,000 a year, What's that worth to you? And that's when we're talking about value-based pricing. It, you price things based upon the value the person gets. So somebody who wants to lose weight desperately, they may have a very high value and price is not even the consideration. Forget their income level. We don't even think about that. Uh, or if somebody's yard is, and maybe they like their yard to be immaculate, but they're tired of sweating and messing around with mowers. The first time I hired somebody to do our lawn, that was me. I was like, I don't care what I had in my mind, a mental picture of what that guy was going to charge. And I was expecting it to be $250 every week or two weeks, whatever they did, I forget. And I was okay with that. It turned out to be much cheaper than that. 
but that because I had placed that value in my mind, partly because I was sick and tired of and frustrated with dealing with all the kind of things to do that, plus my eyes turned bloodshot and started sneezing and all that kind of fun stuff that goes with me cutting the grass. And it was just frustrating. And I had gotten to that point of value. And it's kind of like when you go to the doctor, right? If you're in pain, you're, you're not asking the doctor what they charge. Just fix the pain. And that's when we, when we talk about markets and serving a customer, we're talking about pain. So think about value-based pricing. Number nine is you're going to serve your customers and make money. This is the fun part. This is where you're doing it. This is where you're going out and, and uh, actually providing the service to them, letting them know about it, marketing it, and making money. That in itself has got a lot of things, but once you get to that point, that flows a little bit easier. So again, there's nine steps here, and almost every single business goes through these nine steps, or some side gig thing goes through these nine steps if you're doing something you love to do. And one is identify what it is you love to do. Two is uncover fun ways to make money doing what you love. Three is discovering who is doing it now, because from them you can do number four and learn from their experience. And then you define who you want to serve that way. Who is that customer you really are going to enjoy serving? And define what they want, usually by asking them and talking to them and studying them a little bit. Uh, then next you're going to develop a product and service that fits their needs and then price it based upon the value. And then go serve them. Now again, I'm going to say these steps are simple, not easy. They're simple but not easy. As a matter of fact, they require mastery because you're going to learn to be the master of these subjects. They re require relentless commitment. So I'm telling you the bad news maybe, right? Uh, because I do work with a lot of people who kind of go into these things half-hearted, been there, done that myself, and it usually doesn't move anywhere because you just don't have the energy to make it. Or you have a squirrel moment and you keep changing your mind about what you're doing. It doesn't go anywhere. It takes relentless commitment. But here's the biggest thing that I find that's a hang-up for almost every side gig entrepreneur who wants to grow something into $30,000 or bigger. It's, it's up there in the head. That's where the real challenge is. It's in their head. They have no belief in themselves. So I was talking to an executive, somebody who's paid lots of money, um, we'll just say it was over $500,000 a year is what he earns in his paycheck. And he made the comment to me one time, he said, Dale, I, don't, I can't imagine anybody paying me $2,500 a month on the side. I don't think I have anything to offer that's worth that. That's a strange statement for somebody making half of a million dollars a year or more, whatever, but I know he was at a half a million at the time. Um, that's a strange statement because he's already getting paid more than that, right? He, he's missing the connection, but he had no belief in himself to enter the market. And we spent more time on that than we did on the product and service on the other steps because that's, that was the hard part. So listen, what, I want, what I'm doing now, though, is I'm going through 
uh, and working with people. And what I would love to do, if you would, would, would like to get on a, a matter of fact, I'm just going to invite you to get on and we'll do a 45 minute, what we call discovery call with you, where we try to do a breakthrough. We try to help you. There's no charge for this. This is not anything I'm charging for. If you want to work with me, I do charge for that. But this is a free thing that we're doing that's uh, helping people break through, helping you see what it is to do. You might go through this and realize, you know what, this isn't for me. I don't want to do this. But I think for most people it is, and we come to this with a little bit of intimidation. So even if you are scared of it, uh, even if you don't think uh, this is for you, uh, and or you don't know how to do it, or you don't know what it is, uh, let's talk through it because in about 45 minutes, we can get a long way down the path and give you what we would call a roadmap. So you walk out of that call with uh, a roadmap of the steps to take. Uh, because that's, that's the key, is you just got to make the first step. Again, this is a free thing that we're doing just to explore. It is with me. And uh, so I will put a link, and it's going to be, it's just a link to our calendar, to my calendar. I keep saying our because in the other stuff I'm with the team. But it's a link to my calendar, uh, and you just pick a date and time on there that fits and we lock it in. There's one or two questions to answer there. They're very simple, like what do you want to get out of this call is pretty much it. So it's really up to you how to answer that. I will put a link to that in the show notes at dalecallahan.com 169 and would love to hear from you. Other than that, I'm going to get out of here and hopefully you have a good week. And hopefully if you're listening to this, we will all be, if you're listening to this as it's released, which uh, it's uh, the, I guess, end of March at this point in time, is hopefully we'll all be back to work in our normal way very soon.